Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grindin' shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 All right, welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And like always, we have the freshest of guests for you. And my guest for this episode is Skylar Patchage. She is a freelance artist, illustrator, and cartoonist. You might know her currently and recently for her works on Relics of Youth from Vault Record or Vault Comics, Reversal on Dark Horse, and Volume on Scout Comics. How you doing today, Skylar? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm, uh, you know, I'm just hanging in there. Um, lots, of, lot going on in this world. So, you know, I guess we just gotta be like, you know, stay, you know, stay self care, stay safe, stay, you know, productive, do things that we like, you know, even though, you know, if we're just cooped up in our house, but like, like we're like you were saying before we. Started uh, recording, you know, someone like you, you're already work, you already always working, you know, at home. So it just, you know, other things that are kind of heavy these days. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the adjustment to the, the gravity of, of the world right now is, is the biggest change for, for me personally. Um, you know, aside from just, the inconvenience of, of I can't run to the post office or I can't run to the grocery store as easily, um, which are small things. Um, but it's, it's definitely, there's a lot going on in the world and, and it's scary times and, uh, just trying to adjust to that, but also, like you said, take care of ourselves. And I think I'm actually taking better care of myself now than I was prior to, um, to sleeping a little more and trying to exercise a little more. Right. Um, like you said, self-care, trying to be a little bit more kind to myself. Yeah, because, um, yeah, even like with me, I'm, I'm just working at home for my, with my just regular day job. And there was like a significant like improvement about how I'm taking care of myself, like mm-hmm. being at home in comparison to being in an office environment. And um, like, I love working from home now <laughs> and I don't ever want to go back to your like regular like office environment thing but yeah like yeah. like like when like in these times it's like you kind of get reminded that maybe you need to like you know take better care of yourself in certain ways definitely yeah I think you know prior to all of this going down god I think I would 
get maybe four or five hours of sleep a night. And now I'm really pushing more for seven, pushing more for eight, um, and trying to eat better. I don't know. I just, I was running myself pretty thin prior to, to all of this. And I think that, you know, everything being as crazy as it is, uh, wanting to take care of yourself, wanting to be as healthy as you can. So you're not as susceptible, hopefully. I mean, we know so little about what's going on right now, but try, you know, trying to be a little bit more cognizant of when you're running yourself ragged and, and running yourself down and trying to address that. So, you know, when you're, when we're not in a global pandemic and you're uh, not working like on stuff, like what are some of the things that you do to sort of like pass time or just to get your mind off of work? Um, being totally honest, I haven't had a lot of free time, uh, for the, about the last year, year and a half. I've been pretty busy. Um, but usually when I've got some free time, I'm, I've got a little dog, little dog named dude. And I play with him a lot, walk him. Um, he's incredibly active. So it requires a lot of, a lot of activity on my part. So lots of hiking and, and walks and kind of spending a lot of time outside. Um, and then I'm also a fairly active person. So I've been taking prior to the pandemic, I've been taking, uh, self-defense courses in Krav Maga. Oh, so nice. yeah, sort of combat sports stuff, uh, is a, is a really good stress reliever for me. And that tends to activity exercise tends to fill up most of my, the free time that I have, the little free time that I have. Um, I'm also a big reader. I like reading. Um, although since I've been busy with comics and, and illustration, it's been a little harder to find that time to read. Unfortunately, I've been reading more comics and, and, uh, which is good, but less novels, fewer nonfiction, um, more graphic novels, more comics lately. Right. right. So, uh, you know, you say that, you know, the, the combat sports stuff that you're doing, um, uh, is a good stress reliever. You know, is there anything else that you learned from uh, getting into all of that? Um, I think the big thing for me has been, I mean, exercise in general, I think is is a stress reliever. Yeah. Uh, I tend to be an anxious person, so it's been very helpful for sort of alleviating uh, that energy that's bouncing around inside. Um, it's also combat sports, I think make you very attuned to how you move your body. Um, you know, walking, even running to some degree, like more static exercises, you're not always in tune with how you rotate, you know, your upper body, your lower body, uh, how you land on your feet, uh, how you get up, how you get down. I think combat sports tend to make you very cognizant of all of those things. And kind of finding out where your weak spots in your body are has been a big thing for me. I know that I tend to actually be stronger on my left side than I am on my right, despite being right-handed. Um, for whatever reasons, uh, my left punches and left kicks are actually a little stronger than my right punches and my right kicks. So little things like that are always kind of interesting when you start doing something like that, a combat sport or, or, or fighting or anything like that. You know, has, you know, does your, you know, active activities, you know, help you with, uh, you know, being an illustrator, you know, sitting down and, you know, doing your work, you know, cause you're always like, kind of like sitting down as a sitting down thing, you know, has, you know, that active side of you, you know, helped be a better artist. I think it helps, uh, going back to, to stress relief anxiety. I think it helps me focus. Um, mostly because being an anxious person, my mind is generally going like 150 miles an hour, uh, thinking about multiple things at a time and being active, getting that chance to kind of burn off that anxiety helps me slow down a little bit afterward. So you get the, you know, whatever you want to want to say, the big endorphin kick, but it also (laughs) kind of helps me focus. And as somebody who has a really hard time focusing it's key for me. I notice that when I'm not exercising as much is when I tend to get kind of spacey and, and, uh, have a hard time focusing in on what I'm doing. And then 
and it requires so much focus to, to freelance for yourself and, and to try to keep track of everything that you need to keep track of right. as a freelancer. So I see that you grew up on a farm in central Illinois. Like how, you know, how was your childhood? What kind of a kid were you? Um, I was a, an outdoorsy kid. Um, tomboy, loved sports. Um, we, we lived in the middle of nowhere basically. So I had the great outdoors all to myself. Um, so always was really active. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I was a, a tree climber. I've always been kind of scared of heights, but you know, <laughs> playing outside and in the dirt and playing baseball in the summer. And I had a bunch of cousins that were about my age. So we'd always get together and play outside and, and, uh, overall, you know, good childhood. Um, can't really complain about it. I think at the time I wished I'd been closer to a metropolitan area because there would have been more to do. Um, but looking back on it as an adult, I think it was it was a good childhood. You know, when did you first get that inkling that you you wanted to be an artist of some kind? I don't remember not having that feeling actually. <laughs> it was always really it was always a really natural um inclination for me I think my my parents would always say if they if we were in public somewhere we were at a wedding or some sort of function and they needed me to behave they would just have pencil and paper and I would shut up and jaw the whole time so they never had to worry about me so I was I was always predisposed to drawing painting doing something creative uh it was a long time though well into adulthood before it ever occurred to me that I could make a living doing it or actually really pursue it as a career it was always just kind of something that was a part of me and I didn't really know what to make of it I didn't really know how to facilitate a career out of it until I was an adult what uh you know what helped you come to that realization um having a bunch of other jobs that I hated (laughs) (laughs) um there were some good ones in there too Uh, I don't mean to to say that they were all bad but I, no, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got out of school and wanted to just get a job. And I, I didn't know what to do as far as, as artwork because I had I'd gotten a basic art degree um, from the local university and didn't know what to do with it. it. It just kind of felt like that was what I should study. And, and I, then when I got done with school, I went and got a, a job in food service. Um, and because I always really liked food, uh, loved desserts, pastry, all that stuff. So I worked in food service for about four years, various jobs, um, and then got burned out really, really badly. I started out basically as a dishwasher and then worked my way up to managing a, a chocolate shop um, that specialized in like drinking chocolates and, and truffles and, and fancy, fancy things. Mm -hmm. And that was an amazing experience, but it was really stressful and just burned me out completely. And about that time, a friend of mine, he knew that I was wanting to get out of food service and he had heard about a comic art gallery that was about to open. And he knew that I had worked in a gallery when I was in school. So I had some experience doing that. And I was already had always kind of drifted in and out of drawing comics, reading comics that had always been sort of the, the main style that I always explored whenever I was drawing and and creating artwork. And so I had the comic background, I had a little bit of gallery experience. And so I went and applied and working in the gallery setting, introduced me to more artists, kind of got me around that artwork more. I was hanging comic pages. I was hanging comic art. And got me more excited and kind of thinking I wanted to possibly explore that again. And so it was not necessarily something I thought I could make a career out of. I, I had no idea. But making some friends in that environment, getting to know some people, they kind of push you to to want to start drawing again, to yeah. play around with stuff. And you start exploring other avenues. And, and it was probably a few years into revisiting artwork. Um that I, I thought, well, why don't I just give this a shot? This is one of the few things that has always felt really natural to me. Um, and so 
eventually I was, I was well into my twenties at that point. Uh, but I decided I was going to give it a shot and then see what happened. What were some of the first things that you did? Like when you finally came to that realization that you want to try to make more of a career out of it? Uh, well, some of my friends had been doing, my art friends had been doing conventions, sort of local conventions in the area. And, they encouraged me to, to reach out to, to some people that were in charge of, of tabling. And so I started doing more conventions and kind of putting myself in the industry that way. So I came in, I know a lot of people come in making the comics. I kind of came in from a convention route, making the artwork and figuring out uh, where I wanted to, to fit in the whole, in the whole scheme of things. And so conventions kind of encouraged me to make more artwork um, I was doing some cover stuff. I was doing some little comic shorts, uh, doing pinup art. I was kind of doing the whole, the whole thing and going to more conventions. You meet more artists and kind of network in that way and, and, uh, start talking shop with them and, and what they're doing and, and how they're working and, and, uh, kind of going about it that way. So kind of from the ground up networking was, was my first step into how to pursue the, that sort of career. And, you know, what did you learn from that time? You know, how, how did, how do you feel like you fit in? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I do fit in. Um, I think the things I would say I learned would be that you got to make the work. That was, that was the big thing for me. Um, and you know, you, you meet a lot of people that want to do the work, but maybe they don't have the, the time. They don't have the, the opportunities, the, the privilege of finances to, to pursue that. Um, I was in a position that did allow me to put some time into it and actually uh, make some of that work and keep trying to get better. And, and like I said, attending those shows and getting to know more artists and picking their brains and, you know, they might pick my brain and kind of figuring out how people were working, programs they might be using, uh, art supplies that they preferred. And you kind of, you start playing around and, and making more work. And that was the big thing I think I learned was that you've got to make, you've got to do the work. You've got to, you've got to put in the legwork of putting your work out there, but also just making the work. Yeah, I really like the community of the artists that you would, uh, you know, normally see at Comic-Cons, you know, mm-hmm. and you start like becoming friends with, you know, everybody kind of knows each other after a while. And uh, that community is, you know, all the good people in there very much uplift each other. You know, how was how important was that to your, you know, to your upbringing in this industry? Oh, I think it was huge. Absolutely. And I've been so fortunate uh, to just befriend and get to know people that want to help. And I've, I've tried to, to pay that forward as best I can when I've found myself in this situation, but I would totally agree. Comics people are great. Um, it's a really hard industry. It's a really hard thing to do, uh, across the board. And if you can find people that, that even if it's just encouraging you to do something like that's huge. So, yeah, finding finding people at conventions, getting to know people online even, you know, I started out in conventions and kind of getting to know people in person. Um, but there's also a lot that that you can find online, you can reach out to, to creators online and, and get to know people on there. But my experience has been that most people in comics want to help each other out. Because it is it's such a challenging, a challenging medium. And it we all have to help each other out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, whether it's connecting you to somebody else, uh, hooking up with a job, giving you a, cra- a couch to crash on at a show, like all of that is incredibly helpful. Yeah, because, you know, when you pay it forward, a lot of times they'll come back. It's all like a back and forth thing, you know, and it just mm-hmm. helps, out, helps out everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you've, you know, you've done, you know, a few series, you did some covers, you've done a bunch of work, you're always busy, you know, what was sort of like the first sort of 
like significant break that you've had like in the comics industry like a break where you're like oh this is dope like this you know i really feel like this could be something that i could build upon and be doing for a while um i feel like there's there's been a number of of things that kind of maybe they didn't necessarily materialize but they were they were steps in the right direction uh, uh regarding breaks um the the book i'm working on with alex right now uh, reversal was was a huge thing we've actually been working on it for just about two years um it's a it's a beefy graphic novel it's a, it's awesome really excited for people to see it but alex reached out to me and wanted to know if i was interested in in tackling this project and that was that was that felt sort of like a big break for me and and i think it's been been amazing in helping me improve as an artist, as a storyteller. And so even though that book isn't, it's still in process right now, that has felt like a pivotal moment for me as far as, as far as a comic book creator, as far as an artist and getting to know Alex and, uh, working with editors and communicating online, which can be challenging a lot. Yeah. So that I would say has been one of the biggest breaks and it's still kind of an ongoing thing. And that's kind of piggybacking off of that. I think talking with other creators, you're kind of always breaking into comics. I don't know if there's ever like a big break necessarily. Right. It's always like a continual thing, you know? Right. Kind of like music. I feel like music is a similar thing where you're kind of, you have to stay relevant. You kind of are always breaking in and, and, trying to stay in, I think is, is what you hear a lot of people say is right. You can look into comics, but then you have to stay in comics. <laughs> no, the, the, no, the one thing I love about like comics though, is that everybody kind of cont- like a lot of people, especially like your, like those, like the people you see at the, you know, the artist alley and everything, like mm-hmm. they continue to push like all of like their whole catalog of things that they have access to still like whatever, whatever stock that they have, you know, old or new, they continue to push it. Like it's a new, like it's a new thing, you know, whereas like in music, sometimes bands and artists will just kind of like move on from each project, you know, as one yeah. project comes on, they'll just kind of move on and not really put any energy to anything from the past. So that, that's what I kind of like about the, you know, in comics is that like, because like sometimes it can be such a long process that yeah. they'll also put that much time in keeping it alive after after the fact. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I I tend to tell people some of the sometimes stuff will come out that I've worked on years ago. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I've talked with other with other artists with other comic creators and and they've all said the same thing is because comics do take so long. Sometimes when something finally comes out, you're like, "Oh God, I'm so much, I'm so much far beyond this." <laughs> you're looking at that and I'm like, "Ah, I could have did this better." Uh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's our plight, I guess. <laughs> so, so during this process right now with reversal, like, what have you learned about, you know, tackling a project like this, you know, and working with. Uh, the people that you're working with, the, the writers and the editors, you know, what's some, you know, what's some lessons that you feel like you've gotten better with, you know, during this time? I think a big thing for me has been just being a better storyteller. It's been real. It's been a big push for me creatively to, to create better layouts, um, just better panel content. Uh, I think it's been, artistically very challenging but in the end I think I'm a much better storyteller because of it um figuring out because I think whenever you're laying a comic out whether you're doing it from an artistic standpoint or whether you're doing it in a collaborative sense it's a lot of problem solving and kind of figuring out how what's the best way to tell this story what what are the best visuals to use to tell this story and communicating with with Alex and with Ricky as our editor on this project and Kelly Fitzpatrick is coloring it. So we're all kind of in communication with each other regarding the best ways to 
tell the story visually. And so it's been both pushing me to be a better, better artist and better at laying out those pages and the, and the panel work and also better at communicating my, how I see something uh, with the team. How does it usually go when you're kind of going back and forth with ideas in, in that regard, in regards to, you know, how is the scene going to look? What's the, the body language going to be? You know, how's the facial expressions going to be like? And how do you kind of keep from like, you know, expressing your ideas, but at the same time, you know, not backing down in a certain sense to, you know, your ideas, but also collaborating with other people's ideas? I mean, for the most part, I think I've been really fortunate that I think this team's kind of on the same page as far as, as how we see most things. Um, usually, Alex has been great about making sure like that I understand what those characters might be feeling, you know, whether she just makes a note of, of a character being sad or a note of, of uh, somebody's body language. Um there's usually enough direction there that I can suss out the, the overall mood that she's going for in a scene. Um, there haven't been too many, I've, like I said, I've been fortunate. There haven't been too many moments where I felt like we just were on totally different pages for how a scene should play out. Now, uh, another, you know, comic that you worked on is, um, relics of youth and that was something that i uh, i did read I, I think i have to finish it though but um i really did like um you know the artwork in that uh in that in that series you know how did you get uh you know linked up with that uh with that series um that was a stroke of luck uh i had vald actually reach out to me that was another project that was a long time coming um the talks and, and negotiations for that kind of started long before it came out or long before production started on it. And, uh, so that was, they had reached out, said that they had a project that they were interested in, in doing. And if I had the time to fit it in and, uh, then we kind of went from there. So that, that was purely just, I was lucky. <laughs> um, I think I, I had the, the benefit of, of having put my work out there and, and, and having a, a portfolio online that was easy to access. So I think Vault was aware of me um, due to online presence and, and online portfolio. But yeah, they, they actually reached out about that project. Yeah, really, you know, what was, you know, what was it like working on that project in regards to, you know, getting your vision and everybody else's vision all on the same page? I thought... I mean, the, the writers and, and Adrian at Vault were awesome about just encouraging me to, to go for it. Um, so there were not too many instances where I, I felt like I missed the mark on, on things. Um, so they kind of just let me be, create this, this world, this, this mystery island, and uh, kind of the magical elements that, that surround it. And so... I, I don't know. It was, it was just kind of a very, I had a lot of freedom in, in that project. That was kind of fun. So it, it kind of let me stretch my legs and, and kind of shoot for the fences, swing for the fences visually as far as the fantastical elements and, and kind of the, the world building was a lot of fun to do. So. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about, you know, working with vault in that regard that, yeah, you know, they me. really let you, you know, push the envelope in regards to your, you know, imagination in regards to building these worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I felt like Vault's an incredibly encouraging team. Um, I felt like Adrian was always encouraging me to, to, to push myself visually. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really have a, a bad word to say. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was a cool experience and, and I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And you worked on this, uh, you know, this other, this other uh, comic, this uh, miniseries called uh, um, Volume. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, yo, this looks like it would be right up my alley because I like uh, comics that have to do with, with, uh, with music. 
and I was just like, oh, dude, this uh, this this would look like right up my alley. So I'm gonna have to, uh, you know, check it out, you know, and uh, and and read it sometime. But uh, you know, how'd you uh, you know, get linked up with uh, you know, working on uh, volume? Um, that was a situation where I was approached after an artist had to had to drop off the project, and so um, the writer and the editor had reached out to me and were interested to see if, if I wanted to jump on board. Um, we didn't really, this Scott wasn't attached at that point. We were kind of just talking about, uh, the world that was going to get developed and, and the characters and, and this sort of dystopian future that relies heavily on color and the absence of color. So there's, there's kind of a very cool storytelling element from that regard, which was, was one of the big selling points for me when, when they approached me about it. Um, yeah, so that was that was I I kind of came in to replace replace another artist who unfortunately had to drop out, but uh, it's it's a super exciting project and uh, it's been kind of a long time in the works, but we're we're working on getting it out this year and I think people will be really excited about it. Okay, so it's still not out yet. Not yet. No, it'll be oh. out. Uh, should be this summer. All right, good. Yeah, I'm being lookout because that looks yeah, it looks right up my alley. You know, I'm a music guy, so like. Um, looks like, you know, something I would definitely be, uh, interested in. Um, yeah, I'm looking at some, uh, news articles online and I know, and I, and I see what you're talking about in regards to like color versus non-color and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, that looks, that looks dope. Like, you know, in general, you know, you know, what do you hope your, you know, what, what do you hope your artwork in these, in these comics you know, what part of the story do you hope that you can convey, you know, combine it, combining it with the words of the author? Uh, the emotional element is usually always paramount for me whenever I'm approaching a new piece of work. Um, and so that's usually where I put the, put the majority of my attention. Like, And what you and I talked about a little bit before, body language and, and facial expression and trying to capture those emotional beats, whether they're written down or not is, is a big thing for me. Um, so usually that's, that's the, the storytelling that I get really excited about are those little, those little moments, um, you know, where a character may be making a realization about something or, um, coming to terms with things like those, the emotional element of stories is, is really where I tend to connect with things. And it, it seems like, you know, uh, I'm just seeing by uh, quickly seeing everybody that's been on, on these three comics that we just talked about, but mm-hmm. it looks like they were, you know, there was all, always multiple women on these projects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, how, you know, how is it like working with other women and make sure there's a balance of like, yeah, women would actually do this instead of that, what you're thinking about having those authentic, the like the authentic reactions and body language of like the women in these series, the characters you mean, or yeah. the creative team? Yeah. The, the characters from, you know, from the, you know, the perspective of, of the creative team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, typically, I think the the creative teams I've been a part of have all been very communicative, and uh, it's been easy to run run those thoughts by people. And frequent, like I said, frequently we've we've kind of always been on the same page, so there hasn't been a lot of of conflict in regard to that. Um, as far as as characters, I think a lot of times I tend to approach a care a female character. Um, I, I guess using my own experience. I mean, uh, an example I would use is I've been working on earlier this year, I was working on a, a pitch for a project and within the script, there was a call for a character to, to produce a weapon. And there, it wasn't really clear on where she was keeping this weapon. <laughs> it was kind of just like within her clothing and, so I guess coming from a from a woman's perspective, my thinking was she would she would probably be carrying 
some sort of clutch or some sort of bag that she could keep those things in, um, aside from just hidden somewhere on her person. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. No, no, this is, no, 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 keep on going. No, going, keep on, man. That's like perfect. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's, I think I tend to, I usually try to always clear that with a creative team before, before I ever make a decision like that. Um, but if I think, if I think there isn't quite enough information or a character might make a decision, uh, differently or might be, might be motivated to do something differently because of, of them being a woman, then I usually try to to reach out to the creative team about that before, like I said, before I make that decision. So, you know, you, you, um, you went from, you know, in your adulthood, you know, making, you know, turning comics into a career and being able to, you know, take these steps, be a part of these series, you know, what are, you know, what are some type of things that you haven't done yet that you would like to do? Um, within comics, I think, I guess going back to the, the pitch project that I, I had just mentioned, that project has been new for me regarding, uh, in opposition to the stuff I've done prior to, in that frequently a writer or, or a creative team will reach out to me with something that's, that's pretty much written. And the pitch project that I mentioned was actually not written yet. So I was, I was kind of in on the ground floor at that point. So it felt more purely collaborative. It wasn't, it wasn't, here's something to work off of. Here's something to draw and then we'll collaborate. It was actually collaborating from the beginning. So I got to be a little bit more involved as far as, as pacing, um, maybe characters, motivations, uh, characters, body language. Like I got to be a little bit more hands-on in regard to some of the narrative, not necessarily writing it, but yeah. I got to see the story kind of come about and got to make some, some notes and, and contribute to the story being written. And, uh, that was really, really exciting. So I would like, hopefully going forward, would like to have a little bit more, um, creator owned, like from the ground up work. And where I'm kind of in there from the beginning, kind of developing that story and, and not purely coming in as, as an artist, but also that creator of that of that project, too. So that's that's a big thing that I think I would I would like to explore in the comic side. And then from an illust like as an illustrator, freelancer, I do have interest in, in storyboarding. That's one thing I always was interested in. And it just kind of never knew never knew how to kind of move in that direction yet, but it's something I'm interested in and have been kind of exploring outside of comics as, as a, an illustrator and freelancer. Um, something that I hope that I can look into in the future. So like storyboarding as in, um, is it just, you know, in what sort of sense? For like film, film, TV, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. I would be interested in, in looking into, into that. Um, I know they're, they're very different beasts, comics and, and storyboarding, but, uh, it's always been kind of a, a side interest that I've had and, and would be interested in learning more about it, whether it's a good fit or not. I'm, I'm a curious person. So I'd always like to, even <laughs> if it's just picking somebody else's brain, that's doing it for a living. Um, that's definitely a, another field of interest. Is there, is there anything like outside of like an illustrative standpoint artist standpoint that you would you know like to do you know as a project or whatnot you mean outside of of artwork just like a totally different field or yeah something like a totally different field or something that maybe you can use your art artwork skills in but it's kind of like outside of comics or movies or something is there anything that you ever like ever just floats in your mind that you would like to at least like maybe do a project on or something? Um, not particular, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, uh, but that being said, I've, I'm always very open to, to different kinds of projects. I think prior to doing comics, 
uh, that was sort of my thinking when I went into, into food, uh, was to pursue pastry and confection and, and sort of food art. I wanted, I wanted to make pretty food. Uh, so that's <laughs> why I actually, I was managing a chocolate shop that, that sort of specialized in very pretty chocolate. And so using kind of that artistic creative part of myself right. in, a, in the food service industry, but as far as anything right now, I, I haven't, I haven't really thought beyond comics and, and, and storyboarding and, and that kind of area. But I am always, always open to other opportunities, of course. You just, you know, you just like being an artist in whatever you do. Yes. Whenever, <laughs> whenever I, I mean, I, I think my, my big love is storytelling and so whenever I get the chance to tell a story, even if it's something small, you know, like that's one thing we were talking about a little bit earlier. What do you like to focus on in projects? And those emotional moments are such a big thing for me. I like, I like storytelling in the broader sense of, of comics and graphic novels. Um, but I also like the little stories that I can tell within the comic. Yeah. Um, so body language, eye contact, um, facial expressions, like if I can convey information or, or little micro stories within, within a comic, then that's, that's a lot of fun for me. So I always like when I get an opportunity to kind of play with characters interacting or, or add a little bit more, um, more dimension to a conversation, like that's stuff where I can get really excited about. You know, whether it's, you know, you know, some, someone from the past or even something present, is there, you know, where did you sort of uh, get that love of storytelling from? Was there anybody that you looked up to, was influenced by, you know, is there anybody that just comes to, comes to your mind? Um, I think early on, just because I, I kind of was always drawing and usually all my drawing, even as a kid was, there was some sort of narrative to it. Um, and that I think was just kind of a natural development. I think I just always was not was not always very comfortable with with speaking, and but I, I wanted to say something. And visuals made a lot more sense to me um, than like say acting or or doing something in in a speaking term or performance. But telling a story visually made a lot more sense to me, and it, and it felt um, more natural. So I think that was kind of a push to kind of always want to draw stories. Um, a lot of, like I said, I think my parents have probably a box full of just stories that aren't really stories, but they're just some sort of like <laughs> sequential, like, I don't know, four panels of, you know, somebody doing something, but they may not even have words on it. It was just kind of like, I wanted to tell a story whether however long or short that it was, it was kind of always a natural thing for me. Um, when I got a little bit older, though, I think I got pretty heavily influenced by, I, I don't know, I would say I got influenced artistically by Phil Noto when I was in high school. Um, and that was kind of I thought his art was so new. It was it was fresh for me, in a comic sense. I I hadn't seen comic art look like his. Um, I I don't know. I feel like I I don't have a I didn't have a huge, a broad experience with comics as a kid, uh, growing up in the middle of nowhere. But <laughs> I did I did stumble onto his work when I was in high school, and that was kind of kind of um, it reignited my interest in in comics and in artwork and what comics could look like. So that kind of pushed me into thinking, well, I don't, I don't have to draw like Jim Lee to make comics. Um, nothing against Jim Lee, love him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was just kind of interesting to see like comics can look a, a number of different ways and they can, they can tell infinite amount of stories and, and they're so versatile. And uh, so I think that would be, he's usually always, always a, a figure in comics that I think back to as somebody who kind of inspired me to want to keep telling stories, to want to keep developing my own comic style and, and to keep going forward in that. Um, 
I mean, I think we're, we're kind of constantly inspired as long as you're consuming some kind of media, you're kind of always inspired by other creators. Um, but he's kind of one of the earliest people I think kind of changed my perception of what comics could look like and that I should keep telling stories. And, and, and like I said, it didn't have to look like a traditional comic. It could look any number of ways. You know, when it comes to like comics or novels or TV shows or movies or whatever that you, uh, you know, read, consume or whatever, you know, what's your favorite kinds of, of things to read or watch? Um, I will always be hooked by a spy story or, uh, espionage, um, (laughs) backstabbing, like chaotic, chaotic neutral characters tend to always, always rope me in. I want to read about characters that you're rooting for, but they're not, maybe you shouldn't be rooting for them. You're, right. you're kind of conflicted in your support for them. Um, but I'm always, always hooked by those characters. So, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine not long ago about like black widow has always been one of my favorite characters, uh, because of that reason, because she is sort of a reformed, <laughs> assassin you know um so those characters who they're doing good but they're they're not always doing good in the best way <laughs> right they're not squeaky clean they've they've done some dirt in the past right <laughs> and then, i mean i've just always been very interested in like i said espionage stories and and um spies with gadgets and and all of the thinking you know what's going on when really you don't have a clue at all. Like those stories have always been, um, easy sells for me. <laughs> <laughs> a while back you posted this picture and then you posted it again recently of this Mad Max photo shoot that you did. And <laughs> it was so badass. I was just like, I have a crush on this look. It looks so dope. Like, tell me about this. Um, that was, it was a weekend event that actually happened a couple years back. And, uh, it was, it was the main point of it was they wanted to kind of give, give a stage, a showcase for local photographers and local costumers and local makeup artists. It was, it was kind of just uh, a big event to showcase a bunch of, of local creators. And I don't even remember how I heard about it, but, I went to, I went to the little, they had like a casting session and they, you know, took your picture and did a little interview with you and, and I got selected to do it. And so they basically designed a costume for me to wear and, and had a makeup artist come in and somebody come in and do my hair. And then there were a, a num like a large number of other people that had this same thing. Um, so there were fire breathers and, uh, all sorts of like hot rod drivers and people who'd like modded their, their old uh, Chevys and Fords up to look like wasteland vehicles. Um, so it was, it was a big production and uh, it was a lot of fun and I just let them treat me like a doll and do whatever they wanted to me. <laughs> and uh, then just got to like walk around with my bat that had nails in it and act like I was, I was a badass. So it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> nice, nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I know. I wish I could just wear that look all the time, uh, but I might. I don't know. I don't know if society would be okay with that. At least not right now. <laughs> no, I, think, I think right now would be like the perfect time. It'll be fine, you know. Fair. I mean, we're know, all walking around with masks, anyways, and stuff. We're all looking <laughs> ridiculous these days. So you know, it's a good look on you. You know, it'll be fine. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, um, I always like to ask this question to people. It's that what's, you know, sort of a nugget of knowledge from your life and career that anybody listening to this, doesn't matter what they do, avenue of artistry that they're in, that they could sort of project into their own life? From a, from a creative standpoint? Creative, life standpoint, doesn't really matter. Something you've learned. I think for me, the big thing has been, like, I think I mentioned it earlier, um, 
do, do the work at whatever that work may be. And you're going to make bad work and you're going to make work that you never want anybody to see, but you've got to do it. You've got to start if you want to get anywhere. And, um, I think that especially now we, we kind of want everything to look a certain way because we've got all, we've got all these social media outlets that make everything seem perfected. Um, and social media is notorious for making things seem easy. Like you see things after they've happened. You don't get to, it's the highlight reel. You don't get to see all, all of the struggle that comes in between the pictures and the posts. And I think for me personally, just making the work, hating the work, throwing the work away and making <laughs> more work has been um, a big thing for me. And, you know, I worked, I worked, day jobs while I, when I was first getting started. Um, I worked in an art gallery. I worked in a art supply store. I worked in a comic shop. Um, and then on days off, I would make the work. And sometimes I liked it and sometimes I hated it, but it all kind of contributed to my style, uh, whatever, whatever that may be, um, how I approach work. Uh, and I think that would be my, my biggest thing for people getting started especially is just start something and finish it and then start the next thing and not everything is going to be not everything's going to be perfect not everything is going to look good you're not going to be proud of everything but it all builds and it contributes to what kind of artist you're going to be from there what kind of writer what kind of colorist whatever just do the work nice all right it's been great talking with you skylar a lot of great uh, stories and information. Uh, where can people go online to get more information about what you're up to? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and that's and Instagram, and those are both at Sky Patridge. Uh, it's S K Y E Patridge P A T R I D G E, and uh, Twitter is usually where you can kind of find out what I'm doing um, most recently, and then. Instagram, of course, you can see lots of pictures of my little dog and whatever little sketches and stuff I'm working on. Um, and then my website is SkylarPatridge.com. Hey, yo, thank you for listening to this episode of Fresh is the Word, hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash Fresh is the Word. Intro theme music by Foulmouth, Shimmy Bango, and Knox Money. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fresh of the word. For more information about Fresh of the Word, and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.